Chapter Nineteen of Our Mr. Wren: The Romantic Adventures of a Gentleman by Sinclair Lewis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Don W. Jenkins. Our Mr. Wren by Sinclair Lewis. Chapter Nineteen, To a Happy Shore. Upon an evening of November nineteen eleven, it chanced that of Mrs. Arty's flock only Nelly and Mister Wren were at home. They had finished two hot games of pinochle and sat with their feet on a small amiable oil stove. Mister Wren laid her hand against his cheek with infinite content. He was outlining the situation at the office. The business had so increased that Mr. Mortimer R. Gilfogle, the manager, had told Rabin, the head traveling salesman, that he was going to appoint an assistant manager. Should he, Mr. Wren, queried, try to get the position? The other candidates, Rabin and Henson and Glover, were all good friends of his, and furthermore, could he run a bunch of guys if he was over them? Why, of course you can, Billy. I remember when you came here you were sort of shy, but now you're most the star boarder, and won't those others be trying to get the job away from you? Of course. Yes, that's so. Why, Billy, some day you might be manager. Say, that would be great, wouldn't it? But, Hans, Nell, do you think I might have a chance to land the assistant's job? I certainly do. Oh, Nellie, gee, you make me, oh, Oh, learn to bank on myself. He kissed her for the second time in his life. Mr. Gilfogle, stated Mr. Wren the next day, I want to talk to you about that assistant managership. The manager, in his new office and his new flowered waistcoat, had acted interested when our steady and reliable Mr. Wren came in, but now he tried to appear dignified and impatient. That, he began, I've been here longer than any of the other men, and I know every line of the business now, even the manufacturing. You remember I held down Henson's job when his wife was sick. Yes, but— And I guess Jake thinks I can boss all right, and Miss Levenbet's too. Now, will you kindly allow me to talk a little, Wren? I know a little something about how things go in the office myself. I don't deny you're a good man. Maybe some day you may get to be assistant manager, but I'm going to give the first try at it to Glover. He's had so much more experience with meeting people directly, personally. But you're a good man. Yes, I've heard that before, but I'll be gall-darned if I'll stick at one desk all my life just because I save you all the trouble in that department, Gilfogle. And now— Now, 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 now. Calm down. Hold your horses, my boy. This ain't a melodrama, you know. Yes, I know. I didn't mean to get sore, but you know— well now i'll tell you what i'm going to do i'm going to make you head of the manufacturing department instead of getting in a new man and shift henson to purchasing i'll put jake on your old job and expect you to give him a lift when he needs it and you'd better keep up the most important of the jollying letters i guess well i like that all right i appreciate it but of course i expect more pay two men's work let's see what you getting now twenty-three well, that's a good deal, you know. The overhead expenses have been increasing a lot faster than our profits, and we've— Huh? 
got to see where new business is coming in to justify the liberal way we've treated you men before we can afford to do much salary raising though we're just as glad to do it as you men get it but huh if we go to gettin extravagant we'll go bankrupt and then we won't any of us have jobs still i am willing to raise you to twenty-five though thirty-five mr wren shot straight the manager tried to stare him down panic was attacking mr wren and he had to think of nelly to keep up his defiance at last mr gilfogle glared then roared well confound it wren i'll give you twenty-nine fifty and not a cent more for at least a year that's final understand all right chirped mr wren gee he was exulting to himself never thought i'd get anything like that twenty-nine fifty more'n enough to marry on now i'm going to get twenty-nine fifty married five months ago to-night honey said mr wren to nelly his wife in their bronx flat and thus set down october seventeenth nineteen thirteen as a great date in history oh i know it billy i wondered if you'd remembered you just ought to see the dessert i'm making but that's a surprise remember should say i did see what i've got for somebody he opened a parcel and displayed a pair of red worsted bed slippers a creation of one of the greatest red worsted artists in the whole land yes and he could afford them too was he not making thirty-two dollars a week he who had been poor and his chances for the assistant managership looked good oh they'll be so comfy when it gets cold you're a dear oh billy the janitress says the jewish lady across the court in number seventy is so lazy she wears her corsets to bed did the janitress get the coal put in now yes but her husband is laid off again i was talking to her quite a while this afternoon oh dear i do get so lonely for you sweetheart with nothing to do but i did read some kim this afternoon i liked it that's fine but it's kind of hard maybe i'll oh i don't know i guess i'll have to read a lot he patted her back softly and hoped maybe some day we can get a little house out of town and then you can garden sorry old siddons is laid off again is the gas stove working all right now uh-huh honey i fixed it say let me make the coffee nell you have enough to do with setting the table and watching the sausages all righty hun but oh billy i'm so shamed i was going to get some potato salad and i've just remembered i forgot she hung her head with a finger-tip to her pretty lips and pretended to look dreadfully ashamed would you mind so very much skipping down to bachmeyer's for some ah uh, is it just fearful neglected when it comes home all tired out no indeedy but you got to kiss me first else i won't go at all nelly turned to him and as he held her her head bent far back she lay tremblingly inert against his arms staring up at him panting with her head on his shoulder a soft burden of love that his shoulder rejoiced to bear they stood gazing out of the narrow kitchen window of their sixth-story flat and noticed for the hundredth time that the trees in a vacant lot across were quite as red and yellow as the millionaire trees in central park along fifth avenue some time mused mr wren we'll live in jersey where there's trees and trees and trees and maybe there'll be kiddies to play under them and then you won't be lonely honey they'll keep you some busy you skip along now and don't be talking nonsense or i'll not give you one single wee bit of dinner then she blushed adorably with infinite hope he hastened out of the kitchen with the happy glance he never failed to give the living-room its red papered walls with shiny imitation oak woodwork the rows of steins on the plate-rack 
the imitation oak dining-table with a vase of newly dusted paper roses, the Morris chair with Nellie's sewing on a tiny wicker table beside it, the large gilt-framed oleograph of Pike's Peak by moonlight. He clattered down the slate treads of the stairs. He fairly vaulted out of doors. He stopped, startled. Across the ragged vacant lots to the west a vast sunset processional marched down the sky. It had not been visible from their flat, which looked across East River to the tame grassy shore of a real estate boomer's suburb. "'Gee!' he mourned. "'It's the first time I've noticed the sunset for a month. I used to see knights, flags, and Mandalay and all sorts of stuff in sunsets.' Wistfully the exile gazed at his lost kingdom, till the October chill aroused him. But he learned a new way to cook eggs from the proprietor of the delicatessen store, and his plans for spending the evening playing pea-knuckle with Nelly and reading the evening paper aloud set him chuckling softly to himself as he hurried home through the dusk autumn breeze with seven cents worth of potato salad. The End End of Chapter 19 End of Our Mr. Wren the Romantic Adventures of a Gentleman by Sinclair Lewis. Recorded by Don W. Jenkins, Rancho San Diego, California, shaggybark.blogspot.com.